Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Any Given Sunday Dynasty League pod. Uh, I'm joined today by Cameron Haynes, a.k.a. the reigning champ. And we're going to kind of dissect and talk about his team, his uh, championship run last year, how he's looking to repeat again this year. But before we jump into any of that, I have a couple of news and notes to share with you. First, in the fall, we're going to be having a couple of exhibition leagues that we're going to offer up to you guys and to your friends. One will be a standard redraft league. The other will be a vampire league in which we'll all join and uh, have a couple of extra additions. 12 people would be the preferred amount. And 11 of us will draft. One of us, the unlucky one, will be the vampire. You have to put together a team entirely from the free agency. And then you join into a league. Except every time the vampire beats somebody, he gets to choose a player from the team that he beats team to get on his. So that person has to then trade it to him for trash. Now, a vampire generally, 86% of the time, does not do anything. Usually wins like one game and has a terrible season. However, every once in a while, the vampire catches fire, and it, uh, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun. It's a unique format. So we'll play a couple of these exhibition leagues on the side uh, just to keep us engaged. Uh, so if you're interested in that, be looking out for uh, some posts on the page. And in three weeks... We're also going to be doing a standard redraft mock draft. So a bunch of you guys will come in and we'll Zoom call and we'll all be talking about the draft as we go, kind of getting us ready to strategize and think through this coming fantasy football season. But right now, let's toss it over to Cameron Haynes, a.k.a. the reigning champ, a.k.a. the presumptuous champ of this year, according to everyone who's joined the pod so far. Um, to kick us off, let's, uh, let's springboard off of Nick Rice's thoughts yesterday on his little blog post that he added to our league chat. What you got for that? Well, first, I like, uh, I like how your tone changes. We're talking a little bit before you start recording. And uh, for about a minute, you're really, you know, very professional. And, and then it tails off very quickly. So uh, <laughs> pretty uh, humorous, but. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, what Nick threw out there. I think it uh, definitely sparked some uh, controversy, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, Nick's good for that. Uh, between Nick and Justin, there's never a dull moment in our league. That's for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think, this... I, I think some of it's just cleaning up some rosters where people haven't really cared to, to do that yet, have been either too busy or don't care to, but. I think it's uh, I think it's good for the, the league. I do too. Um, he suggests that you trade Hawkinson for Sony Michelle and Hayden Hurst for T.Y. Hilton. Any chance in the world that either one of those things are going to happen? Um, probably not the Hawkinson one. <laughs> um, Hayden Hurst for T.Y. T.Y. is definitely – I think he's still got a year in the tank of being at least a role player. Um, but – I like how all three of them involve tight ends for mine. Uh, I think I, he's trying to tell me I'm hoarding tight ends, but. <laughs> well, we were I mean, all thinking it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I mean, I like all six of my tight ends I have. So I think, uh, but it's pretty weird to have five tight ends after you have Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's not like you have this rotating committee of like bad players that you're just trying to figure out who you're going to start. You have the presumptuous number one tight end. In fact, the number one tight end for the last three years. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the depth you have there. Uh, 
my question is, Sony Michelle, what are your thoughts on him this season? I have read a lot of really high reports and a lot of really low reports on him. I mean, I've never really – I don't really – I'm not really high on him ever since he's been in the league. So, I don't – it's – I mean, I think the offense will take a step back and therefore they'll rely on running the ball probably a little more. But I, who knows? I think he has a pretty high floor, but I don't think he's going to win you the league. Well, especially in New England. I mean, uh, last year, Rex Burkhead was taking stuff out of the backfield from James White and Sony Michelle. They have that third-round draft pick last year that didn't see the field at all. Um, I, with New England, I feel like what Bill Belichick jo- does, just to throw us all off, is he walks into the boardroom. He has a whole bunch of names. He closes his eyes and throws a dart, and that's who starts that week. And, and for fantasy football, it's, yeah, it always works out, but it's frustrating for us as we're trying to like compile these teams to just not have any idea what Bill's ever going to do. Yep. But, uh, I mean, I have been looking for sort of a starting running back that could be on my bench that would play in case somebody got hurt and still have meaningful snaps. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's not many of those left. <laughs> no, there's not. Um, would there be any player that you'd be willing to trade in order to get uh, that running back depth that you're looking for? Yeah. I mean, I think all of my guys are could be tradable, <laughs> except for maybe Michael Thomas. Would you throw at four first-round picks for Michael Thomas? And I said no. So <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. I did my best. but. Uh, yeah, no yeah. cigar there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, they've been saying it for the past, what, three podcasts. Every player has a price. But it's uh, – I want to win the league, so I don't want to give up any guys I believe in. So, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Uh, let me introduce your championship team from last year as we transition to asking you some questions about moving into 2021. So for those of you who don't have uh, his roster open, let me read it to you. Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. quarterback four last year. Nick Chubb, running back six. Austin Eckler, running back seven. But this is what really won him the league. Michael Thomas, wide receiver one. And Chris Godwin, wide receiver two on last season. Odell Beckham Jr. slots in as the third at wide receiver 31. Travis Kelsey, tight end one. Mark Ingram the second, running back eight. Robert Woods, wide receiver 22. And the L.A. Rams at defensive five. So what we have here, generally speaking, is two of the top two wide receivers and three top ten running backs. On the bench, you have three notable names, DeAndre Swift. Uh, We don't really know what his production value is going to be, though I would like to ask you about him in a second. And Raheem Mostert at running back 20 just got the bag, so he's going to be the the premier starter. And then Debo Samuel, uh, kind of a sexy name out of uh, wide receiver – or wide receiver 26 out in San Francisco. Last year kind of broke out, kind of, and he gave us a lot to to look forward to. So let me start here. How confident are you in your roster moving into 2021? Um, That's that's interesting because, I mean, I'm pretty confident in almost everybody. I think Eckler will probably take a little step down. Ingram will probably take a little bit of step down. Uh, but I think they'll definitely still get the snaps. I think Eckler got paid, so he, he'll he be pretty solid. I think Chubb will probably take a step down as well, because I think they'll use Hunt a lot more um, from the get-go. So 
Um, even Deshaun Watson probably will take a step down, but I'm pretty – I'm satisfied with Winston Stafford as backups and streamers as well. So, um, I mean, I really like my roster. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I've got a shot. Let me ask you this. Uh, your median age of the average player of your team is slightly older. In fact, it's second in the league in um, age. But you're kind of in win-now mode. Um, and you won it last year. You're, you know, the premier favorite to win it again this year. How many years left, though, do you think you have before you're going to have to break this roster down and go on rebuild? Honestly, I don't see Ingram being a number one running back after this year. Um, honestly, Woods probably could get the ax as well from the Rams after this year. OBJ, I think either OBJ or uh, Landry will be gone from the Browns next year. Um, just with all the cap space, they're going to have to pay a lot of people. So, uh, I mean, it could, it could change quite a bit. I mean, Michael Thomas and OBJ are 27. Ingram's 30 and Woods are 28. I think, yeah, and Kelsey's 30 or 31. I think those are my oldest players, but they're also my best players. So it, uh, it could change pretty quick. Well, and you know, what's interesting, you brought up OBJ. My thing with OBJ is that he is such an enigma I, I mean he is one of the more talented wide receivers in all of the NFL and yet is given a scheme in which he should thrive and didn't perform at all to his level last year clocking in at wide receiver 31 do you think you see that him kind of going back to what we're used to seeing with him or do we see him uh similar where he was last year I think I honestly think he will get less usage than he did last year I mean they I watch – I'm a Browns fan, so I was – they were feeding him the ball in the stupidest ways ever. <laughs> I mean, I, the Browns were just awful last year. So – and I – so far, I've liked Stefanski, so hopefully he can put a scheme together that actually works. So I think he'll be more efficient, but I don't think he'll, he'll get as much, much usage. I think, uh, I think the efficiency is what we're lacking here. I mean, the thing about Odell Beckham Jr. is that he has the, uh, the skill set to be a possession-wide receiver out of the slot. But he also, what he's kind of known for is his play-breaking ability. I mean, he can, at any given moment, take it to the house. And what I think the Browns fans need, and also what fantasy football owners need, is him to revert back to those 60-yard touchdown plays that made his career so special. Um, so you would say that you expect him to go up or down from wide receiver 30 this year? Oh, up. Because I believe the offense as a whole will go, will be more efficient. Um, but I, I mean, he's probably a top, top wide receiver two in our league, probably 16 or higher. This wow. month. Yeah. But I don't think he'll be wide receiver one. And I kind of, I'm kind of with you there. Juice is such a, steady player in the Browns offense. I think he's going to continue to thrive. Him and Baker Mayfield have a weird little bromance happening, um, which I, I enjoy to watch. Uh, not so much for my OBJ stocks in other leagues, but I do love me some Jarvis Landry. So that's, that's pretty great. Um, what would you say right now, as you are kind of looking at your roster, what other than Michael Thomas is your biggest strength and what is your biggest weakness? Um, I think I've got a lot of depth, I would say. I mean, I'm pretty satisfied with my level of depth. I mean, having Mostert and Swift off the bench is pretty solid as a running back. 
um, combinations and with Duke and Hines. I'm not confident Hines will have a big year, but I think Duke is still serviceable, especially if David Johnson goes down. <clears throat> I mean, and my running backs, that's – I'm not as confident just because, I mean, Samuel, Fuller, Miller, and Harry, they are all – high risk, high reward, I believe, at this point in their career. Because I think all four of them, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much all four injury prone, but also have talent. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I mean, if one of my receivers goes down, this could be a little uh, iffy, but we'll see. Now, um, of, the, of the high risk, high reward players you just mentioned, is there any one name that you think this is the year that they're going to take either a huge step forward or a huge step back? I mean, honestly, I could see Harry taking a huge step back just because if he doesn't perform, Bel Belichick's going to yank him. <laughs> um, supposedly, he's been working off the field pretty well on his, on his quickness and his work, footwork, so we'll see. But honestly, I think if somebody's going to take a big step forward, I think it's going to be Fuller. All he needs is to stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, Hopkins is gone. He stays healthy. I think he could be a big, big, big player in that offense. He has moments every once in a while, games, where you look at his stat line and it just blows you away. But then he disappears for, like, four or five games in he a had, row. He had, what, 200 yards and three touchdowns game last year, and that, that was probably, like, 60% of his fantasy point. <laughs> it was well more than 60. I mean, like, basically that was his fantasy season. I, uh, I was playing up against, in daily uh, fantasy, I was playing against someone who I was dominating – and the only player that they had left to play was Will Fuller. And I laughed. I was like, oh, my goodness, I got this in the bag. And all of a sudden, I checked the next day, and I lost big. And it was nuts. Yeah, that was one of the best fantasy performances of the year, coming off of a player that is, is just completely hit or miss in so many different ways. Yep. So uh, your draft class was small, very, very small. Um, not – the smallest in the league, but that's a story for another time. However, you, uh, your picks were solid. I mean, absolutely positively solid. It started with your first round pick of DeAndre Swift. Now, you've heard the pods. You've heard some people taking shots that they don't believe he's going to be anything because of the system or the team. You've heard on radio people touting that he's one of the best running backs, and then as soon as he was drafted to the Lions, immediately backpedaling and saying, oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. What, uh, give me a defense of DeAndre Swift. Talent. I mean, that's the only defense you have right now, right? Is he was drafted high. I mean, he was the second running back off the board, I think, right? And he has the talent. He's produced in college with a good program against good defenses. That's the only defense of him right now, is my in my opinion. Do you think that the Lions will pivot from this crazy running back by committee to kind of commit to a DeAndre Swift-like running back? I think they could. I think it's – from what it sounded like, they weren't confident in Stafford this year. I mean, it sounds like somebody within that organization was wanting to move on from Stafford. There's a lot of rumors going around. Um, I think Stafford's still a top QB. I mean, he was on pace to have a, his best year of his career last year before he got hurt. So, uh, we'll see. Marvin Jones is older. Um, but Galladay is still a stud. So I think they definitely could move towards more running back uh, approach and co committee approach, but we'll see. Uh, that, that offense has been up and down for years. So 
you uh, actually went back-to-back running backs in the draft. As soon as you got DeAndre Swift, the very next round, you went back to the well and picked up Antonio Gibson. You followed that up with uh, Brian Edwards, wide receiver, Chase Claypool, and then Devin DuVernay, who you have since traded to Justin. Uh, Which, by the way, as an aside, I have mocked Justin for that trade because you absolutely robbed him. Uh, But we'll get to that in a moment. Give me your thoughts on Antonio Gibson coming into this year. Uh, who knows? I mean, what do they have? They got like seven running backs on the roster right now. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if guy stays healthy, I think, I mean, I think he's a starter. Um, but there's some of their acquisitions What they, they came out and they got Peyton Barber in free agency when they already had four running backs and then they drafted Gibson. I think and they already had Bryce love from last year. Yeah, I think he has the talent. I mean, he's jacked and he's, I mean, I don't know. We'll see if they use him properly and they actually commit to using him. I think he could be a really good fantasy asset, but you never know what the Redskins as well. No, you don't. Uh, that's another train wreck of a team. Sometimes you, out of the three receivers you picked Brian Edwards, Chase Claypool and Devin Duvernay. What is the one wide receiver that you think five years from now has the potential to be an absolute star? Um, <laughs> that's, I would say Brian Edwards, just because looking at some of his tape from college and how he he broke out in college pretty early, um, those are signs pointing to an all-star receiver in the NFL. Um, But I really like Duvernay. I mean, I targeted him in that draft. I mean, I traded away Disley, trying to trade away uh, as much as I could to get in that fifth round and sneak in and get him, Um, which it sounded like Justin, I think, was also trying to do. Um, and so I really like Duvernay. I, I like him as a, a prospect, a wide receiver prospect. And I, that Rams or Ravens offense, I think is just ridiculous. I mean, if he can be a breakout and be that second wide receiver and possibly wide receiver one in that offense, I mean, that's look out. But you traded him, um, for those of the people who don't remember, can you tell us a little bit about the trade and why you made it? Yeah, so right after the draft, I think maybe 20 minutes after the draft, (laughs) Justin sent me that trade offer of a 21 fifth rounder and Raheem Mostert for Devin DuVernay, who I traded Disley for to get back into the fifth round. So essentially I traded Disley and DuVernay, who are, well, essentially Disley for Mostert in fifth. So uh, I couldn't pass up on it. I mean – I'm in win now, like you've mentioned, um, I'm trying to defend my crown. And I think Mostert definitely has more upside than DuVernay this year. Plus, I got a fifth rep next year, so I think, uh, I think it worked out. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I, I, I messaged you like five minutes after that trade and was, was like, you just completely robbed him. And I stand yep. by it. I think Mostert uh, – his, his ceiling is so high and his floor is so – so high too. I mean, you know, he's going to be the RB one in the single most run heavy offense in the league. And with the lack of depth now with Breda not stealing carries, it has the potential to be him to the same volume of like Devonta Freeman a couple years ago with the Falcons, him and that Tevin Coleman split. So, I mean, I think you really, you, you walked away with the possibility of having a top five to top seven running back uh, for the price of Will Disley. I mean, you literally can't – you can't get much better, uh, much better than that. Justin, if you're listening, I still think you're an idiot for that. 
Um, and I'll, I'll tell it to your face next time, next time you're on the pod. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Going into to 2020, 2021, the schedules are out. You can look through your schedules. That, those dropped, I think, a week and a half ago. Looking ahead, what player are you most scared to see on your schedule or in the championship? <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm really scared of pretty much anybody's roster except for Nick's. <laughs> I mean, Nick beat me twice in the regular season last year. I think he was the only person to beat me twice. And he probably should have beat me in the championship. But, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Nick uh, I think Nick wants it this year. I think he's going all in, and he knows he wants it. Uh, wants it back. He thinks he should have had it last year. So, if it wasn't for Dalvin Cook, right? So, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think Nick's the – the biggest opposition to me uh, to defending. Okay. Let me ask you a fun question, perhaps even a more fun question. Who are you least afraid of playing during the regular season? Um, yeah, I, I saw that on the question on the itinerary and I was kind of like, Oh, okay. It's trying to get us to throw shots at each other. I always, I find it funny that you're just orchestrating all this, trying to <laughs> get us to <laughs> Um to be honest, I think it's either Jeff or uh, um, Justin J. Riggity. Yeah. I think they uh, – I don't know. Their, their uh, team seems to be composed of either nobodies or old players. <laughs> and, I, I mean, it still could work out for a year, especially if some of their players do hit. But it's just kind of – I think – I think uh, – uh, Justin definitely could have a good good roster in a couple of years, but I think he is not there yet. Yeah, I really appreciate you not taking the shot there at me, uh, but I, I agree. I think with uh, Dad's roster, uh, Jeff's, I think he, uh, I think I've looked at it a couple times, and I, I get this weird feeling every time. It's like I look at it, and the first time I look at it, I laugh, and then the more I look at it, the less I laugh, and the more I think like, okay, well, if if this player just does or if, if this just and then by the end of it I've convinced myself that maybe that's a playoff roster I, I am so lost every time I look at his whereas I agree with Jay Riggity I think uh this year maybe not but he has some young assets that are going to be here for a while yeah I your your roster as well like I laugh when I look at it <laughs> but then I also get scared because almost every single person all the way down to your taxi squad could be a pretty good fantasy asset so I have like a thousand quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, you and uh, you and Chase as well. Chase has what four starting quarterbacks this year? Yeah, I know this is where we. Uh, I just I'm a big believer that if I'm in rebuild mode, just gather talent. Players I think could be talented, irrespective of position. Just just get them on the roster. And then yeah. I looked down the other day and uh, I realized I had like all the quarterbacks under 23 or something or 24. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I kind of overcommitted to a one yeah, quarterback. I, I found it funny that I, you traded a first away pre-draft for Thielen and then you like freaked out post-draft getting rid of all players over like 23. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, I, I, uh, I went through and I have, I do, um, this is so much of a nerd I am. I go through and do my projections and then I take those projections and I stat them out and I realized that I had, I was like middle of the pack again. And even with all the trades I tried to do in the offseason, picking up Fournette, picking up Thielen, I still was slotted out to be five in our league. And I was just so disappointed. 
Uh, so I decided to, to burn and restart. But yeah, I uh, basically flipped. I got Thielen for a first and then turned around and dealt Thielen for like nothing. And I kind of looked back on that and that was not a great. Three seconds and Jacksonville's running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Raquel Armstead. But I also had to give up a pick there too. So it's uh, – don't hit on Raquel Armstead. That's another rant for another day. I'm a big believer in Raquel Armstead. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, so let's, uh, let's transition out of uh, talking about your team almost exclusively to kind of our league as a whole. Um, so far this year, there's been a whole bunch of moves made, a whole bunch of trades. What is, in your opinion, the best trade and the worst trade so far this offseason? So what was it? Yesterday, Dalvin, the news of Dalvin Cook uh, potentially holding out uh, for a contract uh, just, just dropped. So was it? Yeah, he's on Justin Campbell's roster. So. Uh, that's, yeah, I went back in the, the chat and looked, it was, uh, Dalvin cook for Deandre Hopkins and a first, I think Nick, especially if Dalvin cook holds out for eight games, Nick got the absolute deal right there, especially if he's in win now mode, which he obviously is. Yeah, I was looking at that, uh, and I was reading the news and it's not looking particularly good at all coming out of Vikings camp. Uh, they haven't talked at all, uh, him and management. And uh, he is, from all the insiders that have been interviewed through ESPN or NFL Network, they're all saying Dalvin's committed to, I mean, he's not going to touch a field, especially in this weird limited offseason. He's not going to touch, uh, touch a football until uh, he gets the bag. Do you think he's going to get the bag? Do you think that's a possibility before the start of the season? Uh, before the start of the season, no. I don't think he will. I mean, especially with the way things are going with the, the virus locking everybody down. I mean, by the time training camp eventually rolls around, uh, they're going to be worried about the players they got in the room. I don't think, I don't think he's getting the contract until at least maybe a few games into the season. So the last two players in the NFL who have really committed to a holdout, both of them ended very badly. Melvin Gordon, um, the most recent, ended up with a trade to the Broncos I mean, he got the bag. He did secure the money, but he's in a worse situation now than he was. And then you have Lev Bell, who not only failed to get the bag, but then went to a train wreck of a system, now ran by a train wreck of a coach. So we haven't had a great track record. If you're Dalvin Cook, you Cameron Haynes or Dalvin Cook, do you hold out? Um, yeah, probably. I mean – the what's the lifespan of a average lifespan not uh including frank gore like four years like (laughs) excuse the average yeah he does but uh like i don't know it's i I get why they're holding out but you would it just hasn't worked out i mean you you gotta if they give you enough i definitely would you might as well play in which, I, I mean, he's a stud, so I don't know. I'm sure they're going to give him a little more than uh, average. Well, he's looking for he, – he's cited David Johnson's contract of guaranteed $13 million a season as kind of his price point, um, which isn't the biggest contract, but it's the highest guaranteed money per year. And as a running back, I totally understand uh, the need for guaranteed money, I mean, at any given moment. You know, Christian McCaffrey just signed that huge contract, one of the biggest in NFL history but not much of it's guaranteed at all. So if he goes down, he could walk away with a penance 
so I, I'm with Dalvin Cook. I don't know if I would have the courage to, to hold out, uh, especially with the way it's worked. I, I'd like to think that I would, but I am one step above the cowardly lion on my courageous scale. So maybe not. Maybe not there. So, so David Johnson had no guaranteed money left? Man, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals look even better for that. If How did they get Hopkins in that? I, you know, I have so much so many thoughts and and none of them make sense like why why i mean so david johnson had this year would have been his last cap hit uh but his cap hit this year is only 6.4 whereas it has been over 13 and if they waited a year it's nothing um so i don't understand the the trade now when it's half the cap hit and i don't understand the texans i don't understand either side like what they're trying to accomplish here uh, I mean, obviously, I think the Texans lost that trade tremendously. You're giving away one of the top five best wide receivers, perhaps top oh, yeah. three best wide receivers for a washed-up running back. But it's a weird trade all the way around. Hey, if he studs out for uh, Jeff, I think uh, playoff contender. That's And that's the thing is, like, he has so many of those players that, like, I know – I've seen David Johnson when he's clicking. Last year he looked washed up. Does the does it change now? I mean, they're going to feed him because they have to because every one of the Texans organization is going to look like an idiot if he underperforms. So they're going to tailor an entire offense to him, but is that enough on broken, aged legs of David Johnson? I don't know. I know Dad's hoping so. Otherwise, his team is uh, it's uh, yeah. it's it's the one we laugh at, not the one that we're afraid of. Right. Well, here, let me, uh, let me ask you one more question here uh, before we kind of throw it open for just a little conversation. Who is winning our league in trash talk right now? We're, we're starting to see a rise of it. Nick Rice, Justin Campbell have gone back and forth a couple of times. Parker's chimed in a couple of times. Uh, who do you think's winning the, the smack talk? Who had the most wins last year? That's who's winning the smack talk. Oh, so you. Okay, all right. I mean, all right. I respect oh. that. I respect that. Yeah. Well, what I, I mean, out of those three, Nick, obviously, like he had the most wins. So therefore, theoretically, he has the best roster. And so he definitely has uh, the upper hand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't trash talk much, but uh, I let the, just let the team do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good grief. Okay, well, uh, well, Cam, let me, uh, let me ask you this. I try to do this uh, with everybody I have on here. Um, as we kind of end out, a lot of people now, they've heard about your fantasy. They've heard about your players. They've heard about your projections and your team. But they don't really know anything about you. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Give me a little bit of rundown of who you are, what you do, where you live, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to do that at the beginning, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my name's Cameron Haynes. Uh, I live in Columbus. Uh, I've lived here now for two years. I had been going to school at the University of Cincinnati. Um, for electrical engineering. Uh, I grew up in Columbus. I grew up with Bishop and uh, knew Jeff and Nick um, from church. Um, so uh, we're good friends. And now I live in almost Pickerington, now in contract with the house. Life's crazy, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Well, and let me also say this, uh, it's been it's been a, it's been wild. Uh, when I put together this league, I just chose people that were important to me in different phases of life and whatever. And I still consider Cameron one of my best friends uh, growing up. I mean, I basically lived at his house every weekend 
Uh, and so it's been really cool to watch people interacting. It's still super weird whenever like Parker is talking smack to Nick Rice, who's talking smack to Justin Campbell, three very different people in very different places. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Cameron is, he's going to win uh, and he's going to win often and he's going to win a lot, but he's not going to talk much doing it. Uh, so if anyone knows a hype man that he could use uh, to kind of, to kind of up his talk, trash talk game, he might need, uh, he might need some tutoring. There you go. I dig it. Well, it's good. <laughs> well, thanks again, Cameron, for coming on. Uh, I appreciate the time. And uh, everyone else, keep an eye out on the league chat as we will be uh, posting our upcoming schedule. Nick Rice is next week, and he has been jonesing for it, ready for it. He's going to bring the fire. The week after, we're going to do a standard redraft mock draft uh, with some of our, our uh, team leaders, Cameron included, if he chooses to join. And then um, we'll be posting some information on the upcoming um exhibition seasons like our vampire league and our redraft all in all thank you guys so much for an incredible time uh nick thank you so much for your posts uh they've been entertaining and enjoyable and i hope that you guys find a community in this and i hope that you are uh, taking advantage of opportunities like this to get to know each other anyway appreciate you guys and god bless